views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Welcome in to the Lotus Place tonight on this Sunday night, August the 23rd, 2015. And tonight is our Game Change Your Life, Game Change Your Life night in the Black Church. So, let me talk about both of those. And anything else you may want to call and discuss that's related to those topics or some hot news topic, I have not been keeping up with the news over the weekend. So, I hope that someone can call in and give us some good news of a new number tonight. Thank you, Scotty. How are you? Did you get it? I sent it to you. Um, I'm here. I'm sorry. You speaking to me? No, I was actually. Oh, 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 I'm doing okay, Sister Rose. I'm not, you know me, I ain't going to complain about my personal situation too much, but, you know, I'm surviving behind these enemy lines. And yeah, I do uh, apologize to the listeners. Um, Some things out of my control. We've had to change numbers. And so, but this is the number. This is the number. It's not going to change again. I've been assured that. And that is 641-715. Three six six zero, and the access code is five four nine zero three two pound. Let me get that number out again: six four one seven one five thirty six sixty. The access code is five four nine zero three two pound. And of course, you hit star six and one uh, to comment on air. So um, I imagine some of the uh, regular panelists are are still trying to get dialed in. Yes, I actually need to um, make certain that they have the number. Well, how about we do this? How about we play? How about we play some music? Play a couple of music tracks while we get that worked out. You know what? I was hoping that you could do that for me. All right. I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, just give us a few minutes, and we'll be back. Back in the swing of things in just a moment. Okay, from a woman, got her name from a woman, and I came from a woman. 
Women to what we take from my women while we break power. Women to create our women. I think it's time to kill for our women. Time to heal our women. Be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when it's weird to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. So keep your head up. Hey, yo, I remember Marvin Gaye used to sing to me. He had me feeling like black was the thing to be. Especially the kettle, it seemed so tough. As long as we had it rough, we always had enough. I hopped the bump about my curse. You were broke the roof, ran with the local crew, and had a smoke or two. I realized mama really paid the price. She nearly gave her life. She raised me right. Okay, are we ready, Sister Black Rose? Yes, yes, we are ready. Thank you so much for playing that. You're welcome. Tupac, you know, I just love Tupac, and that's one of my favorites. That one, keep your head up because he sent that one out to the sisters. And all what, and all, also, um, Brenda's having a baby. Oh my God, I just, I love that one. 
it's speaking about young people having children and being alone, not knowing what to do in the circumstances around that. So, thanks, Daddy. How has your weekend been? Oh, busy. <clears throat> Didn't get out get out there in the yard because it's been raining, but we need the rain. But, it, you know, just doing what I do. Stay busy. Stay out of trouble. I know. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, Mother Hattie will call in because I heard that it was a mistrial um, with the uh, case there with the young man, the athlete. Yes. Um, Jonathan Pharrell. Jonathan. Yes. Well, so that that was trial. that was better than them acquitting him. That's yeah. true. Yes. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. So, it's a process. So I'm hoping Mother Hattie will call in also and give us some details. Thanks, Scotty. How are you, You're Aja? Welcome. I'm great. I'm great. How's everybody? Wonderful. I'm splendid, actually. Oh, splendid. Mm-hmm. Mm, splendid. I love it. I'm just, I'm just fabulous. Philosophy. Philosophy. Yes. So tonight we're talking about game changing your life, like the game changer of your life, and also the black church. So you know, you know how I feel about the black church. Well, I feel a few ways about the black church. Um, mm-hmm. Nevertheless, we want to hear what people have to say. I want to hear what other people have to say, their feelings about the black church, because you know, we think of the black church as an organizing tool, as a place for gathering and meetings, as it once existed, and um, a place of refuge and a place um, that was a staple in the community in a sense that... Um, you knew that Pastor such and such was going to be there for the people, and the church helped the community. Um, there's a church in Memphis, First Baptist Church, at the end of Beale Street, and this church is historic because the uh, people of the church they raised money. Um, well, I can't quite remember the cause at that particular time, but the congregation was asked to um, donate as much as they could. They pulled out so many pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters that they had to have wheelbarrows, wheelbarrows mm. to collect all the change. Mm. To uh, uh, yes, collect all the change that this congregation donated for whatever this cause was. I can't recall now. But you know, it wasn't for all this stuff like we have now. Um, Building fun, building fun, building fun. Build a life center, build a life center. Yeah. You know, and, and we still lose our Pastor's lives. anniversary. Yeah. Mother's anniversary. Women's Day, Children's Day, Youth Day. Everybody, oh Deacon God. Day. Everybody's got a day. <laughs> but when I heard about how at one church they fought the church bought the preacher, the, 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 the pastor, a boat and wheeled it up on the, <laughs> on the pool. Oh, yeah. I, said, Wait a minute. I heard Wait about a minute. that. A boat. I said, a really? When you want to really? have a boat yourself? Man. <laughs> uh, I is that supposed to take all of us on it? 
church. Yes, we're talking about Lord. the black church, and we're talking about God yes, changing your life. So the black church, are they are they active enough? Are they, um, is there some type of five-point plan for protecting the community, um, empowering us, uh, stopping gentrification, um, employment? I mean, what is your plan? I must say, well, you know, yeah. go ahead. Believe go ahead, me, Kim. believe me, my dear sister, and all those that are under the sound of my voice, the black church mm-hmm. has been co-opted since the assassination of Dr. King. And we had two other clergymen that may not agree on tactics, but they were not to fail. That was Adam Clayton Powell Jr. and Dr. King, and, and uh, Malcolm X. Three, all three was, two were assassinated, and I believe uh, uh, Dr. King and Malcolm X, they were assassinated. But uh, Adam Clayton Powell also was a clergyman. I believe Adam, Adam Powell was poisoned. You have, before Dr. King was assassinated by this government, I said by this government, there was no mega churches. They were, no, sure they were sprouting, they were, they were sprouting ever since Dr. King was assassinated by this government. And we have these wannabe, uh, mega church pastors that, uh, have these big giant videos on both sides of the pulpit. Got, uh, the, no choir. They have no, no more choirs. They have these, uh, voices of this, voices of that, but they can't sing. They, they yell. And <laughs> they do nothing, but they, they do nothing but sing the, uh, I call it, uh, one dimensional type music. No hymns, thank you. No choral works, thank you. So the average black church right now will not be turning out your future opera or jazz singers. <laughs> Sarah, we have seen before. Rita Sarah Vaughan. Glad is yeah. night. Oh, uh, how about Sarah Vaughan? Sarah Vaughan, she sung opera before she sung oh. jazz. Most blacks don't know this. Then yeah, you have uh, the oh, opera singer, like, uh, Bert, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bert, uh, 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 Leontine Price, uh, uh, Jesse Norman, great opera divas, or even Paul yeah. Robeson. Where will yes. they come from? Oh, yes. Not from the black churches. Yes. So now, as far as the preaching is concerned, a lot of these pastors, they called themselves. They were never put under the close scrutiny. Well, how were you called when uh, you show no sign that you have had a vision to really lead the people other than to uh, clip their wallets in their pockets and uh, right. to continue to fleece the people? You got a pastor right now. You know who he is. Bowling brazenly said he needs his congregation to help him get a new helicopter. Oh, don't get, oh my God. He don't want to. He, he don't. He don't want to get caught in the traffic jam. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I guarantee oh you, you won't find a, you will not find a pastor of a well-known church riding around in a Fiat. I don't care how big the Fiat might get. You know, the latest model Fiat have gotten quite large. Even the uh, Mini Cooper has gotten quite large. But most of your pastors would not dare see themselves riding in a Fiat or a, 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 the um, British-made car called the Cooney, the, 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 the Mooney, the Cooney. Oh, you call that car? Uh, it's the, the what? It's a British car. It's called the Cooper. Mini, oh, yeah, Mini the Cooper. Cooper. Mini Cooper. The Mini Cooper. Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, see, they are riding around in very expensive cars. But now the car is not longer passe. They want to up the ante. They want helicopters. They yes. want private, they want drop private jet planes. Uh, right. and, you see, uh, oh. an, an ecclesiastical pimp 
and ecclesiastical pimp is their best title for most of them because they have made a racket out of the black church. It has become yes, corrupt. Yeah. Corrupt. Many of them are, are incompetent. And all of this suspicious when you see a pastor walking around in gated shoes. I don't care if it's black, green, or uh, burgundy. Uh, tennis. Gator shoes. They were in tennis shoes? Gator. Alligator skin shoes. Alligator skin shoes. Oh, gator, gator Alligator shoes. Yeah, oh. gator shoes. And they have the thing where um, they know how to answer, how to not answer your question. <laughs> and they will avoid you because when they shake your hand at the service, they have a thing that you are in assembly line. They'll hold your forearm and push you along. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. This is for a handshake and a grin only. Yes, and, and be, be Don't expect any answers to anything. Don't, nothing, don't try to make nothing. an appointment to see me or anything of that nature. Nothing. And not on Sunday, if you don't want to talk about it on Sunday, not even during Monday through Friday. No. I forget Saturday. No. Mm. You know, so, uh, we are, see, so we are like a people that's on a ship without a rudder. Now, you can have a ship with the best of engines, but if you don't have a rudder to guide that ship safely to your destination, all you're doing is just uh, risking going aground or running into another ship, but you will not reach your destination safely. And you see, black people must know their history. During slavery, the slave master had to invent, they didn't call them pastors then during slavery, they called them partners. And the parson was created by the slave master to keep his slaves obedient, to accept their slave conditions. Mm -hmm. And the sermons was edited by the slave master. Yeah. Hey, King B. King B, I think you have have maybe a television on in the background. All right, all right. right, Kind of hearing a little something. You know, King B, he is just so worldly. He has all of his... TVs and radios and international stations going and whatnot. Yeah. Is, that, is that better now? Is that better? Is that better? Um, I think so. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. So, so what we're dealing with now is, um, I apologize for that. We're dealing with, um, I sent a letter and also called the president, the president of the Progressive Baptist Convention. You guys know who he is? Not important. But, um, the progressive just had this convention about two weeks ago. And um, believe me, my question was to him, Dr. Perkins is his name. I said, the question was to him, sir, with all due respect, by what authority do the Progressive Baptist Convention call themselves progressive with all the atrocities faced in any town, you name it, Black people are catching hell. And that when you don't have the progressives showing that they have a record for being in the face and being a, a, a reckoning factor in towns like Baltimore, New York City, Philadelphia, 
Cleveland, you have uh, the killings of a 10-year-old boy in Cleveland. Oh. And um, the mother is still waiting for justice. Oh. And uh, you got pastors that are letting this, uh, I call him the fat one, but now he's a skinny one. Uh, Sharpton huh. was, now I call him uh, an anaconda. He was a fat one before, but now he's a, he's a skinny one now. He's an anaconda, and that these pastors are letting well, him get away. Bri- is, is Jamal Bryant? Is Jamal Bryant working with Al Sharpton now? Can't he? Uh, can't uh, give yourself a, give being yourself sent a out by him. Give yourself a Milky Way. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he is the go-between or the broker to broker a deal between the attorneys working, working with, in hand-in-hand with Sharpton and the uh, governor and the mayor uh, of the, the state with the, at, at the crime scene because, you see, black people are being led to believe Hush money is justice. And when yeah. the city has no claim of uh, the, the, they have no defense, and then they admit no wrong, so what they're going to do is give you money that you would never see again in your lifetime. And because black people got bills to pay, they want to drive around that yeah. nice Mercedes Benz and get that property in the Caribbean or some township property. They forget about the fact that your loved one died for nothing. Was killed, yeah. murdered. Right? Look at this poor mother still out there. Mercilessly. This, this, this uh, poor mother out there in uh, Los Angeles, LAPD, Ezel Ford or Ezel Ford, he had, uh, he was mentally challenged. He was handcuffed from behind, lying face down, and they shot that poor boy multiple times in the back in front of his mother. Wow. I don't hear all those well-known pastors out there in Los Angeles uh, causing, creating havoc for uh, not having it so as business as usual. I mean, you got the situation right here in New York where uh, Eric Garner 11 times saying, I cannot breathe. 11 times. And what did those okay. cops do? They continue choking him. They continue their, humani- their, their humanity, their humanity escapes the when you are a black person. So I, mean, I dare say that the black, the black pastors, a matter of fact, uh, I gotta give it to you, a shout out to one day uh, to edit a book. I wrote a, I wrote a book called Done Lost It Thought. And the subtitle reads, how the black church has been rendered useless for the total liberation of our people. But see, mm. the uh, black pastors who were once called parsons, they do not dare uh, do anything to upset Pharaoh, and that uh, their sermons back in the days of slavery was edited by the slave masters, making sure he wasn't preaching the wrong sermon to his slaves, like Christ getting angry with the money changers or Moses freeing his people. So it was, it was always the sermons where the blacks are told, "He'll wash you whiter than snow. He right. said, oh, you, you must be baptized, and your sins will wash away." But your slave condition is the will of the slave of, of your of your uh, heavenly father. Want you to behave? Don't uh, kill your slave master. And don't steal any tickets. Don't steal no. Don't submit to the pie. Turn another cheek. Yes, and uh, well, you only got four. So you turn the fourth one. Just get to see. You know, this idea that how many times do you have to hear after a while, by and by, we go oh, to yeah. get the, it in the by the and by. Glory. Yeah, Black yeah. people love the by and by. They yeah. love it. They yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they love to take, 
They let to take their handkerchief and put it on the index finger and swirl it around. <laughs> I know a, I know a pastor right now that uh, does a tumble sauce. The and what? He, what? He's doing his tumble, he does a tumble sauce in the middle aisle. <laughs> does this at least three times. <laughs> And the women are like losing their wigs and going all out in the aisle. I mean, they're going crazy. <laughs> Why does he do the video King Z? like that? He <laughs> does a tumble sauce. It's a, it's a circus act. You mean you mean he tumbles over and down the aisle? He, he does in the middle aisle. Like he's doing it like he's in a, in a, you swear he was a clown in the circus. <laughs> are you serious? Hold on, let's take a break. What? And I think that was on YouTube. We'll take we'll take a break and we'll okay. come right back. Uh, uh, Game changing and the black church here at the Lotus. Uh, oh Lord. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. All right, and we are back. And so, Canty, uh, King B, yeah. he was speaking about the People. the um, brother oh, yeah. the, the, the some, yeah, the very, very the acrobatic. Hey, yes. hey, hey, hey. Well, that was, oh, that so was going up there. that one when the guy ran into the pew and knocked the pew down and all that. It was on YouTube. It went viral. Hey, it was a very famous pastor when I was growing up. He would wear this single eye spec, eye spec, and he was a real pretty boy. But what he had this habit of doing, jumping down from the pulpit and perching himself on the back of a pew. And what? wouldn't lose his balance. But he wouldn't lose his balance. But he, here was the catch now. He always perched himself on a pew where there was a bunch of pretty women sitting there. Uh-huh. He never perched himself on a pew with a fat woman or a woman that was attractive. <laughs> he always perched himself over a woman that was oh, very attractive. Goodness. Shall we say, oh, he always was nuts over these women. You know, nuts over these women, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, but the tragedy with these pastors is that they have gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. Well, you and... know what, let me say this. When I saw the uh, teller machine inside of this church that I uh, went to uh-huh. here in Houston, I mm-hmm. almost fell out. I said, teller oh. machines? Teller machines? You, the, you see the machine before you see the usher. Right? And this this forced uh, W-2 that some people have to present to become a member oh, of yeah. the church. I said, now what does that oh, have yeah. to do with me being saved? Well, you see, they wanted to make sure you are being honest with your income and they want to uh, mm-hmm. invade your privacy. But uh, he will not be, uh, be honest about what he does with the church money to a injustice causes, liberation causes, mm-hmm. dealing with the idea that where is the funding for helping young men 
who are roughed up by the police, end up in the system, and spend three years, like this young man who committed suicide, incarcerated for three yeah. years and always was trying to get a trial. Always said he was innocent and couldn't get a trial. When he finally got a trial, he was the case was dismissed, but because this uh, blah, blah, blah mayor we have named de Blasio, I call him blah, blah, blah de Blasio, he didn't have the decency to get the show man into some kind of psychological counseling where he could be debriefed yeah. and help him out of, the, out of the jungle that he was in because he was psychologically, psychologically traumatized. But because this mayor didn't have the foresight, and no one in the city council who are, the city council is mostly black and Latino, they didn't have the foresight to demand that the city take care of this young man's psychological okay, needs okay. until he's okay. out of the woods. The young man committed suicide. And okay, that's what it is. Thank you. And there's no one to demand, no one to, to, demand to, to uh, keep his name alive. That there would be a scholarship named in his honor. Because you see, had he had been given justice and allowed to have his day in court, who knows? He could have gone on to college become uh, somebody to, uh, as a credit in the community and be yeah. able to help somebody. Now yeah. he's in his grave and the city dummies up because, because the black leadership, again, the black pastors who are supposed to be uh, cut above the politicians, but now they're all, they're, they're both hand in hand. They're, it's, like a, 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 it's like an industry. Where Let me say something about Khalif Browder. Let me say something about Khalif Browder and uh, the suicide, uh, subsequent, subsequent suicide of him being held in Rikers Island uh, mm -hmm. for being accused of stealing a backpack. And then um, someone even admitted to saying that he did not steal it, but they still kept this poor child incarcerated for three years in Rikers Island where he was years. beaten, raped, everything you just you know could have possibly imagined. So certainly he was traumatized. First of all, he's been accused of stealing a darn backpack. And next thing you know, you're in Rikers Island. I mean, really? And then, so the boy is, is released, the young man is released, and he, you know, goes out and has these interviews with Rosie O'Donnell and on Huffington Black Post mm -hmm. and um, the, I think the Atlantic, you know, just, you know, you, everybody's, you know, like, okay, you know, rooting for him. Yes, 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 okay, well, he was released. It was so sad. He made it through. And then he committed suicide. See, and, he was not. So this lady wrote an article. Let, let me say this right quick. The, this lady oh. wrote an article, and I want to hear your opinion on this. And she said that we should not look at that as just an arrest over a backpack. She said that young man, and they do this to all of these young people, they hold them ransom because you got to pay all this money. It's just uh -huh. like it's just like someone kidnapped your child, and they're telling you you pay me X amount of dollars and we'll release him. They sure do. That sure is like that's that. That's what happens. That's what happens. That's, that's what I think. She, I never heard it articulated like that. But she said yeah, that the see, police the, the, crowd, and like many others, were held ransom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, what, happens, what happens again? There are very few, if any, pastors. They talk about championing the poor, but they have utter yeah. disdain for the poor. So if you don't come to this pastor with a prominent position, with concern about something where he can get some money out of it, he don't want to be bothered with issues that young black men face because the young black mm -hmm. men's issues involves getting mud on your shoes, 
sweat under your armpits, uh, sweat on your eye, on your eye forehead, because young black men are targeted. They don't hire black American males anymore. They are surface. No, they sure don't. A surface. And so the oh, only no. thing they have for black men is a policeman's bullets or jail or working mm-hmm. in a program where you're like this program called, it's a program here in New York City where it's called uh, a program uh, where you work like a slave, but you don't get living wages where you can uh, go independent. You just work for a stipend, and they'll keep you in a shelter where you get up in the morning and go out to work again. But you're working in this uh, blue uniform, you go from an orange uniform in jail to a blue uniform for this organization. <laughs> and you are never able to get a skill like infrastructure. I always say any inmate in jail, be it male or female, should have the skills of knowing how to build a house. Mm-hmm. And it should be on the law books in every major city. If you come yeah. out of jail with an honorable uh, release from jail, it should be in an apprenticeship program where you can go on and learn to become all of the above in the trade of construction where you can now get your license and become a union member of a construction of, of a, a construction firm. You're talking about yeah. if you don't have okay, so let's a, a welcome means... in Delta. Let's welcome Delta okay. you know, this is this is a former first lady, so I I really want to hear what she has to say mm. about the black okay. church. Oh, All right, so Delta. Hey, but give us some hot topics hey. first. How are you, Delta? Well, just fine. How's everybody tonight? I'm sorry I'm so late. Can't just Hi, Delta. Hey. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, How's we got Papa? <laughs> Papa doing pretty good. Okay. He wanted to go to get him a nap. But anyway. We have another shooting up um, again. It happened in the Walmart parking lot. I can't remember where it was. I'm sorry, forgive me. I didn't get a chance to look at the story good. But I do know that the man was killed. He was 30 years old. His last name was Hall, I believe. And he was killed in Walmart. The police said that he recognized the young man said that the young man had a warrant for his arrest, did not say what the warrant was for, but said that when he attempted to arrest the young man, the young man and him began to fight, and he jumped in his car, and he said he was trying to run him over. And that story is so familiar. Every time you look up, that, that same story play out. Over no and video. Over and, and over and no, again. No video. And he, yeah. and he had to shoot him ten times. No video. Oh, no witness. Ten, ten times. times. That's ten that's times not even murder. That's that's not even murder. That's aggravated. That's aggravated murder. How many times? That's can overkill. You shoot ten. When they're dead. Aggravated murder. How many times can you kill someone when they're already dead? Right. And his sergeant said. And his sergeant said he acted in self-defense. But you know what? Notice how all of these types of things, these types of incidents, they all they, they happen quite frequently on Walmart yes. parking lots. Yeah. So, you know, there have been st- 
studies and several reports about how all of these different people getting shot in the head because they're accused of shoplifting at Walmart or something mm. like that. I mean, we've had like a couple of them here in Houston. It was one young lady. I think both times recently since I've been here, uh, the lady, the two young ladies accused of shoplifting, shot in the neck, shot in the head, you know, things mm. like this. And it's just these things, all these rapes and all of this happens on Walmart parking lots. But I'm going to tell you why. Everybody why? loves to go to Walmart. And I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty too. I love to go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just being honest. When you go to Walmart, you'll see everybody you know at Walmart. And people go to <laughs> one stop shop. And I'm just being honest. I love to go to Walmart. Even when you say oh my you go to Walmart, the grandkids oh. get so excited to go to Walmart. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God, I know. But I'm just saying, it's a one-shop shop, and you ain't got to run all over this place. You take your coupon, and you put it right <laughs> in the Walmart. Don't but they destroyed mom-and-pop businesses. They destroyed yes. mom-and-pop yes. businesses. They destroy mom and pop businesses. They discriminate against and they, women. And they, and they won't pay the employees a yeah. full salary. They fix it so they don't have to pay them any health insurance. No, no, and we pay, a, and a, we have to pay for their, we have to pay for their food stamps because Walmart yeah. won't pay them. That's not right. We have to thing, subsidize a, uh, people. Right. Walmart doesn't want another, to pay their workers. Here's another crime against Walmart. As far as I'm concerned. They will hire former inmates with the stipulation. If they step out of line and don't do as they're told, the supervisor can call you a parole officer and have you put back in jail. What? So you heard what I said. The parole officer can get a call from the uh, supervisor at these Walmart stores. And if the supervisor uh, feels that you're too uppity or you are not doing what he thinks you should be doing as an employee at Walmart, he could have you placed back in jail. So they love to hire former inmates that are still on parole. Oh, my goodness. Really? There's, there's so a recycling oh, plan. Wow. There's a recycling wow. plan that they never have to worry about uh, paying out anyone any decent salary because, you know, sooner or later, they will even tip the scale to such provoke you into losing your cool. You know, yeah. and for a woman who's on parole, the boss might want to get fresh with her. Uh-huh. And uh, whose word is going to be taken more uh, serious, especially when there are no witnesses? And that uh, he will. Well, you know, Walmart was sued by a group of women years ago, um, King B, because of uh, sexual harassment, discrimination, and uh, yeah. failure to prom uh, promote. You know, they just discriminated against them. And you know, but you say discriminate. Do hire... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was saying that Walmart hired, if they hire people that been to jail, to me that's a good thing because really, it's the uh, intent so though. Many, it's the but, intent. But you got so many yes. of them are yeah. not hiring them. The minute they find out they got a criminal record, the people don't want to hire them. Well, Walmart has a stable, like I said before, they will hire you, but it's under the stipulation. If you do not measure up and you commit some kind of offense that's minor infraction, 
There you go. And and they all, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take my chance. The, and they all tied no. into the prison system as well. There so Walmart go. getting paid on the front end and the back end. Because exactly. Walmart exactly. is going to know the prison. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, so they still... Yeah, they, 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 they save the money. I mean, I know that, that Walmart, and I don't want to stay on Walmart for long because I know how Walmart is. I mean, that's their whole business strategy. They out, they outbid everybody else on everything, so the prices are so cheap that us poor people can't do anything but go there and shop. Yeah, and it's convenient exactly. because you don't have a lot of time to run around. Why don't you have a lot of time to run around like you should? Because you're working. You're trying to do this and you're trying to do that because they keep you so busy and so spun around on a hamster wheel in this country yes, trying to live and survive. I like the terminology. But yeah, you, you need like the terminology. to. Yeah. So you have to go to somewhere like Walmart where you can get your clothes, your groceries, yes, um, yes. your uh, household items. It's convenient. So, so clothing, I, mean, I get it. Uh, I, I really and do. Get your, I, I, and you I, get your, and you can get your toenails done. You get your eyes done. You get oh your yeah, they you get, get your, your banking, glasses. banking done. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your clothing yeah, are made from it's a little a, town. Your hair done. done. Your clothing mm-hmm. are made by these cheap banana republics where women are uh, making like maybe twenty five cents if you're lucky an hour. Slave mm-hmm. conditions. Uh, your food is picked by slave conditions where they uh, work from KFC in the morning to KFC at night. Uh, you know, okay. and it's just uh, such a uh, turnoff to people who are supposed to be progressive. But who gives a damn when it's poor people that are suffering with Walmart exploiting the workers and people who right. have money? They don't really want to go to Walmart. They go to the stores that are. Your 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 far more exclusive store that's because they want to impress people. Exactly. So Walmart Walmart appeals to those people who are on a fixed income that think they're saving money, but they don't understand that it is a store that cares less about having uh, fair wages, uh, genuine working conditions, and um, you're like oh, like you said, sorry, you own this uh, uh, this uh, guinea pig wheel. And um, <laughs> you never find yourself uh, coming into a position where you are uh, able to pay your bills, live in a decent apartment. I just want an apartment right. in my neighborhood. Guess how much the rent is per per? And this is a it's called a condo. Guess how much the rent is per How month? much is the rent? Six thousand uh, dollars. Six thousand. For a condo in Brooklyn called the Fort Greene Clinton Hill section. $6,000 a month, folks. Whoa. I say a year, a month. So who can afford that? Who can afford that other than some well-to-do white person who wants to have mm-hmm. as a tax write-off where they don't want to live in the other parts of the city or the state where you go a long way to commute to the city? Brooklyn is very convenient because it's, it's a snap away from Manhattan. It's based on what train you live. And right now we have a train, that, uh, a, a subway train that will take you, whisk you into Manhattan. Less than 20 minutes you're in Manhattan. And, um, you know, you have uh, a horrible overcrowding on the subways now in this area because these gentries are moving into the area. And uh, 
Well, that's uh, what I'm talking about, cancer. What is the black church going to do about that? I mean, is that even a uh, My dear, my former church. the black churches. The black church, right now, my former church is surrounded by condos, and the pastor there, he has not shown any concern. Matter he lives in the woods upstate New York. Uh, you know, and he does nothing, says nothing. And uh, the black church right now, as shall we say, has become so corrupt, so inept, yeah. and so incompetent. Yeah. They have no plans to deal with this issue of no black plan. people being forced out of Harlem. Like well, let me see if Delta has another hot topic for us. Delta, do you have another hot topic for us? Yes, I sure do. I got plenty of them tonight. And then what also, do you have? we I have. have not been <laughs> yeah, we also have. Um, they had. Uh, I sent you the link, and and I think I sent it to Candy too, where they have this video um, came out where Eric Gardner's uh, mother and like it's five or six more ladies. And they doing this PR, and they saying they have come together to order to make a difference. And they have started, all of them have came together and started this organization. And they are, they are only telling you how to get in touch with the organization and telling you how they are going to make a change. And so that's a good thing right there. Well, I don't know. Unless, unless you got. What's his name? Trayvon Martin. Mama, she told him how to how to hook it up with the organization. Yeah. Yeah, but see, Trayvon Martin's mother. This is Eric Garner's wife. Took the hush money. So you can't talk about getting justice when you have prematurely took the hush money. When the city in both areas, in both respective crime scene areas, had no defense for their case to say why the young man had to be murdered in uh, cold blood when the person was unarmed, you have the race to get the hush money, and uh, now this thing has become has become a record. So until we have lawyers that the black church can uh, finally uh, get on the move to find us lawyers that are social engineers, not social parasites. The lawyer we're working for, Trayvon Martin, is the same lawyer that we're working for uh, the case in Baltimore. Uh, they are social parasites. They don't ever go into the courtroom and file suits and do their lawyering. Next thing you know, the family is suing for a monetary settlement. The family of Eric Garner sued the city for $75 well, if million. Well, you don't do that, Chanty, they ain't, ain't going to get nothing. Because no, but I'm they saying. Take them to court, they ain't going to win. You, Look at no, that I'm saying just that had you, this. You have to let the world know that if you have taken to the international court, that you are sick and tired, as Brandon would say, sick and tired from being sick and tired, where you can't get justice in America, and all they want to do is offer you hush money, so you hush up. And your loved one dies for nothing, and no one pays the penalty. You see, the white man speaks legalese and military science. Legalese is where they believe in natural law. Most whites believe in natural law. Uh, uh, military science is targeted. 
are blacks the most targeted people in, in America? Yes. Look, we had a, a pastor that was an activist pastor who was a legislator in Charlotte, Reverend Peasy. He was assassinated along with eight members of his church. Now you find a black man going into a white church, killing the white pastor and the members of that church. You think that black man could leave that church and tell his story when his trial comes? And see, we have to change the hue. See, the black, most black pastors are not race men. So I grew up among pastors that was race men. Like Adam Clayton Powell was a race man. Uh, Dr. Sandy Ray was a race man. And of course, Reverend Dr. Milton Glamison was a race man. And they were very proud of championing the cause of black liberation. Reverend Glamison is the first and last pastor that gave a darn about the public school system. At the time, they called it de facto school segregation. He held two citywide boycotts. It even had alternative freedom schools. And none of the, none of the leading pastors would march with Glamison to, uh, from the church, from his church, the Solid Presbyterian Church, which is a very rich history, historical church in the Bexar area. March all the way down to downtown Brooklyn, where the, where the headquarters of the Board of Education once was located. None of the leading pastors would march with Glamison. But guess who came from Harlem to march with Glamison? Two well-known outstanding clergy that was controversial, Malcolm X and Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Now, isn't that sad? Brooklyn had, had all these well-known churches, and none of the leading pastors would march with Glamison. And what we're saying is today is that you have pastors that don't give a darn about this public school system because their children don't go to public schools. Okay? They don't live in housing projects. They don't go to, to uh, hospitals that are uh, not going to be fit for a dog to go to. I know a hospital in Brooklyn, I don't know how it stays open, but when you first walk in, you don't smell urine, you smell ammonia. The urine is so strong, you smell ammonia. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, this hospital is allowed to stay open, but the hospital that was a teaching hospital that had a credit for being one of the finest hospitals in the uh, Brooklyn area was the oldest hospital. This may allow, uh, with this governor shenaniganism, the hospital is closed down. And it was the oldest teaching mm -hmm. hospital here in Brooklyn. So we don't have the health care in Brooklyn. We don't have the educational facilities that's properly ran for our children not to be brainwashed and thinking, and thinking that if it ain't white, it's not right. Hey, Kenton. And, um, yeah. Kenton, hold on. Let, let me let Delta get a few more of her uh, stories in before oh, we go yeah, to sure. break. And then we'll pick back up. All right, Delta, yeah. bring, bring it to us. <laughs> what do you have? Yeah, one more, one more thing about my Walmart. Can I please say it? Oh, sure, I know y'all. I love my Walmart, and I really <laughs> love Walmart. And uh, no, okay, well, honest, how much are they God paying you? you? God bless you anyhow. No, God bless you anyhow. No, they ain't paying me nothing, but I I save <laughs> money, and the name of the game is saving money. And you All can right. take, you can get any sale item in the paper, and you put that sale item in your purse and take it to Walmart, and they and they match it, and you don't have to run all over the place. It's a yeah. one-stop okay. shop. That's, that's okay. how a lot of people do it. But anyway, well, let me go on. Well, let me go on. And then talking uh -huh. about, <laughs> let me get on to about the black church, too. Now, the black okay. church, we okay. need, a lot of us in there need a spanking because, we on got to the place. It's a fashion show for us. Oh, stop it's the biggest. Right. <laughs> it's the biggest. I business. heard it. I was wondering show. when you was gonna say that, Mother Donna. Not only fashion, but these hair hats. You want to see how bad these hair hats 
and how popular his hairheads are, come through the average black church, or especially these uh, mega churches. Hairheads galore. Yeah. Well, in apostolic doc- doctrine, apostolic, they must wear hats. That is the doctrine. They, no, they I said hairheads. Hairheads. Oh. Under the wig is a uh, hat. Under the wig that allows that wig to look like, uh, shall we say, Beyonce? So that's the foundation. He's talking about for the, for those the, little, uh, you know, the, the, the wigs the, 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 yeah. the, the wigs that the look like little... Wig hats and things. Yeah, I don't. You I'm know, so familiar uh, with that. You know how they make the stocking cap wigs and uh, weaves and you know. Oh, oh, okay. those stocking cap weaves and yeah, okay. They look. It's, it's just a you know, can't you have express. It's an express wig. It's an express wig. Yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah, or just you know yeah, one you of those put it weaves on. that just look tired. Or, Something like that. Is that what you're uh, calling them, Canty? Like those? No, um, the word I, I seen the, the hair hat, the hair hats up close. It's uh, like a styrofoam <laughs> material, size of a pillbox hat, and this is the foundation before that beautician sew in that weave, layers upon layers of weave, before that uh, woman charges her two hundred fifty dollars and help. <laughs> Wait a minute. So and, it's a hair uh, hat. Is it a hat or is it the hair? That's what I'm trying to understand. The hat, the hat is on the bottom <laughs> as the foundation, and the hair is on the top as the final finish. I call it a hair hat. And, uh, well, Canty, you, where, where you at? Canty, you're in New York, right? <laughs> what? I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and I can yeah. tell you. No, it, it, and that's, it, not, I'm, that's what I'm finna tell you. He, now, you laughing or sure, but he... He come where the best, the best weaver. That that's where the best weaving hair people come from. Is out of New York. That's right. And they all and they are the best, and they come up with all different types of styles. That is absolutely correct. Because we started weaving in hair. My sister came back from New York. She lived in Buffalo for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And my sister, we a lot of people down south didn't know what weaving in hair was. And my sister taught us how to weave hair in when she came back from Buffalo. And we was mm-hmm. known as the weaving sisters because my <laughs> sister had showed us the trade because she brought it back from, from New York. And everybody started coming to us to get their hair sewn in. Okay, yeah, well, we're going to pick back up one. on this because well, let's take okay, a quick okay. break and we'll pick right back up on that because I still don't understand is this hair hat? I understand. The hat I understand itself. exactly what Kenzie's saying. I understand okay, exactly well, what he's saying. I, I want to get a little more clarity when we come back to the break. All right, let's take a quick break. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All right, and we are back. So now, um, King B and Delta, so the hair hat. 
So is it the hair attached yes, to the hat? Yes, that is the correct. Hair attached to that, the is hat. That, that is correct. And okay. You, you can take it, and you can take the hat and you can set it <laughs> on your head. And you can pull it off. When you pull the hat off, the hair is still there. In all the heat, in all this heat, a woman will suffer to, have that, to make sure she is beautiful. And she can catch oh one of those, uh, she can catch the eye of one of those deacons in the church. Mm-hmm. But not the only that, the, the, the white women are wearing the white women are wearing weave too. A lot yeah. of the white women, when you see them with the long hair. They'll tell you in a minute. They are extensions. A lot exactly. of them have have extensions. Their hair is not that long, and every yeah. last one of them, they all want to be blonde, and they blonde right out of a bottle. And you take a old yep. black man, you take a old black guy, and 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 this is what I can't stand. It makes me want to puke. Is when you see one of them, they get one of them that's seven hundred pounds. And she unbleached her hair right out of the bottle of blood, and they and he got a praying all around up in the Sunday school in the mass and everything else, and think he got himself something, ain't got himself nothing. Well, you know, so, uh, I, I, that it, was, it just makes me sick with it. It was just yesterday, men, black men with their hair, Jerry curl, and some some sisters that also with their hair the Jerry curl. But when the coming, when the wig business began to have this, the wigs to look so real and so glamorously beautiful. Of course, Beyonce didn't help matters much either to get women turned off to it. And she turned women on to this thing called these hair pieces, the wigs. Um, and it's only lying to. Men who see the women dressed like that today and say that she's so beautiful with her hair, that's not her. Because at nighttime, she has to dislodge all that stuff. But but look at the men. They are being attracted to somebody for physical like that. appearance. That's all they want. You oh, know? Oh, oh, I mean, why be attracted oh, to someone just because they've got hair right. coming halfway right. down their back? And so I did that mean? now when at nighttime, she has to take that stuff off. Unless she's going to be brave enough to leave it on her head. No, a lot of them don't and take it off, Kathy. They don't take oh it off. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And then so all... do not think for one minute that these men do not realize that this is not this woman's hair, whether they be but, black or white. Uh-huh. They know. And then when the, when the wig comes off, if it comes off, a lot of times it's weaved in. Weaved in. It don't I mean, come off. More, the majority of the time they don't come off. But late, let me get on back into this church, this black church thing, because y'all just please, struck a chord right here now. You see these preachers, <laughs> a lot of them, they get up there on Sunday mornings and they preach all that stuff uh, in the in the, in the the holiness church. And a lot of them talking about they don't want no woman to wear no makeup, no this and that. Oh, they just be up there talking about they don't want nobody to wear no makeup. They don't want nobody to wear lipstick and they looking like Jezebel and all like that. But let that white guy that look so homely looking and she, he done had that wife for so many years and when that wife died, 
you go up in that church and see what he got. He don't got him a wife 30 years younger, and uh-huh. she got enough makeup on to start a Maybelline show. And see, they get up there and they preach that double lie. And they'll say, I don't want no woman like that. A man be lying. Half of them in that. All the time. They speak with the they sports time. They, yeah. they want yes. those women like that. They want those yes. women for them tight clothes. They want them women to whoop them on the back and get a whip and everything. They get yes. turned on. They just ain't going to say it, but they do. They but now, do. But now on the men's part, to lie to the women, they will hide their grave. They will have their beards, those who wear beards, or their hair dyed. With, they have the barber uh, paste on this dye. Well, and I don't see wrong with that, can't you? That ain't nothing no, wrong with that. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can tell how old a man is, whether he got the black hair or not. I can just kind of tell by so looking why, at why, and, and why risk getting cancer of the skin with all that chemicals that's going into your pores? There's no barber that will have a sign saying, I hold no responsibility for you, any part that I use, for you to have your hair dyed and you get cancer. So he doesn't even, the barber doesn't even realize that the first thing that customer will do will sue him if the family can uh, get the right lawyer because you see a lot of these dyes that are being used has not been tested to see how safe it is. And you can't fool nature. You may look like you're young, but you cannot perform like you're young. Help me somebody. All right. Well, you know, I do have I, I have a I have a new hot news topic that we haven't mentioned. Um, today, apparently, Sandra Bland's death was ruled a homicide because the marks around her neck have been uh, ruled to resemble chokehold versus just like a deprivation of air. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yes, I saw that. Is anybody yeah, saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. The rule of Sandy homicide. Speak. Yes, Sandy mm-hmm. Steele speaks. So, so now, mm-hmm. so this was found where in the, in the, um, in the underground press? Where was this found there? <laughs> um, let me see if I can, I'll see if I can find a link for you, Candy. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it just, just kind of popped up for me. Yeah, I always knew the lawyer was not a social engineer because he talked to family to abruptly mention suing the city when he couldn't get the papers that he had asked for the authorities to hand them over, hand it over to him to prove his case that she was uh, indeed murdered. Next thing I know, they're suing the city of Walla County, and um. You're talking about why was there a rush to get the hush money when they, the city had no case to defend itself if it was in court to um, declare uh, themselves guilty as charged because they said that, that the state trooper was in charge and whoever, because the former judge who was a black man said that those jails that she, the holding pen where she was held had 15 jail cells. And they're all out open in the openness, not, not hidden. But you can't see what's going on. And all no, this time, just, all this time, now we're and you see the mainstream media. They're not going to amplify this finding that she had uh, chokehold signs on around her neck. Oh my God. Yep. 
Well, that's uh, the ruling for the day, Canty. So that's kind of like my hot news topic. And uh, well, I don't want to What happened on that one? I missed that. Well, uh, Sandra Bland's death has been ruled a homicide based on the fact that the marks around her neck more so resemble chokeholds versus um, just like asphyxiation, the strangulation. Okay, but who, 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 who ruled that? Um, a new medical examiner. Yeah, the pathologist. I have to look up his name. Pathologist. Yeah. pathologist. That's from the family? So, huh? It's from the doctor, one of the medical examiners. I'll have to find the article, Mother Vernon. I've just been seeing it um, coming up I'm in the saying that's, my, new, uh, that's news a breaking now. news story. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be amplified in the mainstream media because it, it's on CNN. It. It's on CNN. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my well, we'll see. Me and my host, you get a home jury in Charlotte where they couldn't, the jury couldn't come to a conclusion as to uh, could find a cop guilty of murdering a young college student shot ten times. It, it, it was a, a the jury became um, dead now. So it was a hung, a hung yeah, jury. Yeah, Miss Hattie went come to, to that all the time. It was, it couldn't, they couldn't come to, come to a conclusion to have this cop uh, uh, indicted for murder. But yet, the same white jury, if they were to try that dentist who killed Cecil the lion, he would be found guilty as charged, hands down. Oh, gosh. Was, you I mean, I, I hear his more. business has been ruined in everything. I mean, the white people have been come back. He can't him. come back. He is in hiding. He is in hiding. So Cecil, Cecil the lion, Cecil. Cecil, get lying. Cecil the lion would get more sympathy than uh, killing us. Sandra Bland, that's a woman, but look, look at Reverend Pinkney and his members. And why or why were those members so eager to prematurely apologize to the killer when the killer was not even uh, put on trial yet? So eager to say, uh, I forgive you, when um, you can't find a white person in their right mind, white, thinking white mind, that was to forgive a black man for killing their loved one in their church. It ain't happening. That's why I say white people speak bilingual. But I Legally, think it's just like, it's just like but Canty, it's just like um, Louis Falcon said. It's, it's shame on the black men because he says when you know that they are doing wrong and you see they're doing wrong, the black men won't stand up. And I guess he oh, is number two. It's true. Cause he ain't standing up either. Well, you see, he don't want to die. He was once poisoned, and he survived. But he got the message: chill out. He lives in an all-white section in Chicago. Squires are kept, and um, he will not there any hold any more rallies in the key cities that are troubled, like uh, Baltimore, uh, uh, in, in, in uh, Missouri, Ferguson, Missouri, right here in New York City. He's not holding no more rallies like that. So all he does is just sell wolf tickets. But there's there's no action to be a reckoning factor. Right now, what I would love to see Farrakhan do if he didn't do anything else, mobilize an economic boycott. 
We're the biggest spenders. Well, we'll see what he's going to do at that Million Man March on the 10th of October. I'll be, I'll be there. I, I hope that you guys can meet me there because I hope that I'm going to uh, uh, make it clear to uh, call his headquarters, send an uh, email. We have to at least let the record show. Here was the people that tore out a page from history and brought these cities that are in question with crimes being committed against black people, what these cities to their knees, bring them to their knees. You know the city of Montgomery, Alabama, has not recuperated from that Montgomery uh, uh, bus boycott, transit bus boycott. It is still reverberating today. And our people are the biggest spenders. They expect us to commit uh, suicide by... Uh, going out there and mass guns and throwing mouth of cocktails and all, and then we burn our own community. No. The most wisest thing and the most un, un, unforgivable as far as, un, as, far as uh, not even allowed for us to think about an economic, formulate an economic boycott. Let our dollars do the talking. Our biggest holiday coming up will be what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then Christmas. And then New Year's. So no turkey for Thanksgiving, no toys, no uh, expensive gifts for Christmas. That, that, that's a, they, they have co-opted the real meaning of Christmas anyway. And then uh, uh, Easter, of course, Easter. Well, Kathy, but that's the thing. Works. You know how difficult it is for these people to just completely boycott Christmas. So <clears throat> one thing I like that Empress always says, and we do ask these people, to, you know, boycott and, and not support Christmas or something like that. What's the alternative? So let's give them an alternative. Like I would say, let's make make gifts and exchange gifts. You know, instead of buying the gifts for people and, and spending a huge amount of money, or if you're not going to spend a huge amount of money, you know, shop with the black farmers now and get those items and, and try to find, uh, you know, uh, some kind of means. Of, of not spending an extreme amount of money like we tend to do around these well, holiday see, times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I go for that. But see, think a little. Look, here we have, to, we have to raise the question: Haven't you had enough yet mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. abused mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. murdered for nothing? Yeah. When do you exactly. show? When do you show yourself yeah. pride, your racial pride? Yeah. When do you draw the line of a saturation point? Of yeah, you you have it. You have no desire to uh, have this continue anymore. Here's where we draw the line. We are the only people that don't have don't have a saturation point of saying enough is enough. Enough is enough, yeah. What because do they have to do? It's been trained that way. Yes, a lot well, of it is, is psychological damage, and everybody is not going to see it. Everybody is not going to see it at the same time. So that's well, you why know, we uh, need the some biggest, alternatives. Sure. The biggest contributor for our people being confused and not wanting to see the light is guess who? The Black Panthers. Now, as a poor pastor, the Black Panthers are oh. major contributors to the confusion. Yeah. It's a poor pastor that don't have at least 10 members listening to him on any given Sunday. So you've got 25, 30, 100,000 or more members. One church has at least 2,000 members on any given Sunday listening to him. Okay? Yeah. Now, you have at least a few hundred in the more less uh, smaller membership. But we're talking about 
when do these pastors assume the responsibility of upsetting the devil? Well, listen, Fancy, here's something that needs to be done. You remember when you called, what was that, um, Friendly Baptist Church? Yeah, yeah, Ferguson. yeah. Okay, yeah. let's let's contact him again because you know that there was a nine-year-old Jamila Bolden. Um, they started this stuff like they have going on in Chicago with the just random mm -hmm. shootings and people mm -hmm. being shot, you know, in their homes and all of that. So mm -hmm. this little nine-year-old girl, Jamila Bolden, she was shot um, in Ferguson. This was a few days ago. I think about three days ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, nine years of age now. She, she was in her mom's room doing a homework on her mom's bed. So wow. those pastors in Ferguson, I would like to know uh, what are they doing? What's the plan? Um, really, what's the plan? And, and Mother Dunning, they have no in church, I'd like to ask Mother Dunning, and it sounds like somebody's outside or by maybe a fan or something. I hear like some wind blowing. Really? But Mother Dunning, Delta? Yes. Only the, you Delta. know what they're doing? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I want to ask you, like, what does your pastor preach about in church, though, since you frequent church? Because I, I want to hear from they some church people. They preach Are they about talking about David, anything? They preach about Related David to the death. No. Mm -mm. They put, no, they oh. don't preach about that. They preach about saving souls and bringing money. They take the easy way out. That's the easy way out. That's, yeah. that's what they hold, talk, saving souls and bringing the money. And you're part of the Church of God in Christ. Uh-huh. So nobody them. nobody brings this up in church about all the deaths and the killings. Nobody no. brings this up. No. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's it forbidden. Up. It's forbidden. They ain't bringing it's forbidden. Up. Listen, these pastors are enemy of the people. They're government agents. Like I told you before earlier. When this government killed Dr. King, I repeat again, this government killed Dr. King. The average black church will celebrate Dr. King's birthday, but they will never celebrate his death because that is forbidden by this government because they would have to tell the young people Dr. King wouldn't quiet down and the government had to kill him. You kill the head of the organization, you kill the, the head and you kill the idea. They will. There's not one black pastor that will hold a uh, memorial service uh, to memorialize Dr. King's assassination. Now, that's every April 4th, you name me a black church that holds a memorial service for Dr. King come April 4th. Now, Dr. King's been dead since 68. The only church in my area that celebrated Dr. King's anniversary of his assassination is at my church, the Riverside Church. And I will get to the bottom of it, what happened to this past April 4th when it was not uh, held. Um, waiting to meet with the pastor uh, another uh, few days. But uh, we're talking about, I am sick and tired from being sick and tired where black people don't want to hear sound doctrine. They run away yeah, from pastors. Okay, hold that, on. Let's take a quick call. Let's see, maybe this person has something to say about sure, sure. changing their lives or the black church. What say you? Welcome into the Lovers Place. Do you have a question or a comment? Well, greetings to you, ladies and gents. <laughs> this is Sarah. 
Greetings, Sarah. Oh, hey, Sarah. How are yeah. you? It's been a hot minute, ladies. I, I, I know. Yeah. I've been swamped. I've had a, I've been Just getting glad you back on. Yes, Mother Dudding. Oh, where's Mother Hattie? Is she on the line, too? No, no Mother Hattie ain't doing it yet. Oh, she has some calling. Okay, well, well, Canty, um, sure, you know, nice to hear you all again. I've been keeping up with the archives and listening in when yeah. I get a chance. And and tonight, I um, I just I saw this and I said, okay, let me go ahead and give you all a ring and uh -huh. give my opinion. But but I'm gonna have to disagree with Canty on what he was talking about with the boycott and how they have not recovered from that boycott. And when you say they, I want to know who the they is that you're referring to that you said did not recover from that Montgomery bus boycott. Because the Hello? When I say they, I mean the city official, the city of Montgomery is still reverberating from that uh, transit bus boycott. To this day, the city has not fully recovered from the transit bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama. Well, I'm, well, I'm, you're, um, I'm going to totally disagree with that. You're totally incorrect. The only people who have not recovered from that boycott is the black community, not the white people, not the black on um, the bus company. Is black people. We're the only ones who have not recovered because what we did for over a year, when we decided that okay, we're going to walk instead of riding the transportation because we want to be able to sit wherever we want on these buses, so we walked for over a year. Right. Instead of us holding on to what we had, we had black um, cab companies and bus companies right. who were using to try to take black people around during for over that year when they were out. We were pooling ourselves and getting our people to where they need to be. But the minute that they decided that, okay, because one, one thing that they should have done is they should have bottled that company because once the ridership gets to be that low, because it was majority black people who were funding that bus company. So when it was bankrupt because they stayed off that bus for over a year, they should have bought out the damn bus company. But it didn't. Uh, they they uh, walked for over a year, and the minute they give they give them the concession, well, okay, y'all can sit wherever y'all want. Black people rushed their behind onto those buses, and they sat in the front seat, and they were happy as a clam. And in the meantime, yeah. white people were only too happy because now you are funding their system, and you let yours go to waste. Because all of the yeah. cab company, all of the black cab companies, the bus companies, they all went out of business. Because now you can sit wherever you want on this bus, and you plumped your behind down there, and you put your own people out of business. So the only people who have not recovered is us. We are the ones who lost corrected. out in that deal. I stand corrected. I thought I, my source was correct, but I, hey, I stand corrected. There are times when you can make mistakes. But I do know that we even had, a, had it going strong. When we had the uh, segregation in Atlanta, black people had this thing called uh, Sweet uh, Auburn. Yeah, and uh, black business was, was thriving. As soon as, soon as uh, integration became allowed, black people began abandoning their own black businesses. Because integration only meant um, that you are taking what you have and you are integrating it with what somebody else already have. You are exactly. not getting anything mm -hmm. from that deal. The white people are getting because now you are a guest. You are a guest. It's as if you come to my house 
and you knock on my door and I invite you in and I says, okay, Candy, you could come and you could stay the weekend, but come Monday morning, you got to get your bags and you got to get back to New York. Yeah. You are exactly. You, you're well, not getting nothing from that yeah. deal. Yeah, you see, our people have always been like Reverend Charles Kenyatta, who was the bodyguard to Malcolm X, one said years ago. He said, we don't want no change. All we want to do is tell the white man, move over, Wadi, and let me be like you. So What we're looking all, for is acceptance. You know, the only thing yeah. black people uh-huh. are wanting, yeah. we are looking for white people acceptance. We don't need to be validated yeah. by white people. That yes. is why all yep. this marching, all this picketing. Yeah, you, please you, like you, me. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Do, uh-huh. do we do it like that? Because as you see down to us, marrying and having sex and making these children because we are looking for validation because when you get these half-breed children and white people mm-hmm. look at them and they can see that this child is not all Negro, you are looking right. to get some kind of validation from that because now you can mm-hmm. say, yeah, I, I produce it. I produce yes. it so I mix it exactly. with what you want to do. That's all black people are looking for is to get some kind of validation from white people. And if it means they got to muck themselves and drag themselves to the sewer system in order to do that and to get that conditional acceptance, that's what a lot of us want to do because we're not interested in, get, in getting nothing on our own. We don't want to That's be independent true. from white people. We want them. Yep. We, we, don't, we want to get the crumbs and the brutality and the mistreatment from them because the one thing that the white people have done to us is when they give you their God, it does look just like them. You, right. cannot fight, you cannot fight your enemy if every time you look at your enemy, you see that white Jesus looking back at you. You can't fight them because Listen. they created they created their, they created a God that looks like them. And as much as y'all can get the blackest Jesus of Denzel Washington, or you can get any kind of um Jesus, you know, created in the image of Malcolm X, Denzel Washington, Wilson Sipes, hanging on your wall. But you know what? You will always go back to that first introduction to Jesus, which was a white man. You you can't oh. erase that from your memory. Because you were introduced to him as a white man. Yes. And it don't matter how black you could blacken him up afterwards, you, it, it could never be changed. So your computer has already been right. um, corrupted. That virus already done destroy your brain computer. And well, that's, that's why, why you can't do for, nothing. That's why it's forbidden for the black pastor to even have sisters hear him read from the first chapter in the Song of Solomon, where it's Queen of Sheba talking to King Solomon, telling King Solomon how beautiful she is, so don't look down on her because she's she's black. So she is black but comely. So she's telling this this uh, well-known king that she's beautiful and, and she's she's black and beautiful. Uh, how many black people? How many black women think that they are beautiful unless they have on all these hair hats and piece hair pieces <laughs> to to be what? beautiful? You know, well, like, as I um, said, you know, uh, we got the white image. We, uh, and, you know, and, and another thing, Chanty, I mean, to, um, to correct you again, when we, when people always go back to that same thing of the Queen of Sheba, you need to tell me which one of the Queen of Sheba you're talking about, because the Queen of Sheba is a title. It's just like the title Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a title. Uh-huh. Which one of the Pharaoh? King, um, Ramesses, Akhenaten, well, which one of them? It is not it, Pharaoh. It, it, it's not an actual person. It's a title just like king or queen is a title. But you got Queen yeah. Elizabeth, Queen Victoria, all holding the title of a queen. It's the same thing with Queen um with um with Sheba. Sheba is a title because their um Candace was a was a, was the Queen of Sheba. There yes. are many well, people who hold the title of the Queen of Sheba. So but well, whoever, that, you need to say which one. 
You know, all I know is that it was this Queen of Sheba talking to King Solomon in the first chapter in the Song of Solomon. So it, it could be Candace. Uh, what I'm saying is that we have never heard a black pastor go into the Song of Solomon, start with the first chapter. And then they don't preach from, from the Old Testament anyway. This, by, well, this, most churches, they're, they're they don't picking. go from the Old Testament. They always just said, well, Jesus came and he fulfilled the Old Testament. So everything is old, it's passed away. So they always work from the New Testament. Most of them, that's all yeah, they do, they work but, from the New Testament. But the, but the mm-hmm. Ten Commandments said to keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah, but, but, but see, 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 out of that, they tell, these pastors only will tell, tell you in the sermon, well, he's been taught to tell, to tell congregants based on what was taught to him in the seminary. And Creed Mother Moore, who was one of my mentors, she said, the black pastor didn't go to the seminary. They went to the cemetery. And oh. they, these guys are, are walking around like the sleeping dead because they never encouraged the congregation yeah. to take a trip to Ethiopia. To go to none Egypt. of that. Let's take a quick break, Candy. Let's take a quick, quick break, and we'll come uh-huh. right back. We'll right back up. This is Brother Elliot, host of Time for an Awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. And we are back. We are back talking about game change your life and the black church. I want to hear some game changing things too. Some uh, some thoughts that you have about changing your life also. But, but we can continue uh, with the thought. I think that uh, Sarah and King B were in a discussion about Canty. Um, you were speaking about what in terms of the black church? Well, this is. The thing is about it, the black church has got to come to grips with the fact that most of your black pastors do not want to deal with controversy. Oh, and wow. they have been taught to be more cautious. They have opted to be more cautious rather than courageous. So they have to worry about being audited. That 501c3 was like selling their soul where they don't have to ever worry about ever being audited. The provisor was never to politicize their congregation, yeah. let alone the community, but even the congregation. is not to be politicized. Yeah. yeah. So now you have... Well, let me hear what uh, Sarah uh, has to say a little bit before we um, run out of time. We haven't ha- heard from Sarah in quite a while. Sarah, what do you think that the black church should be doing? Should they uh, take on more responsibility, or are they doing enough? Are they doing what we expect them to do, or what? What are your thoughts? I think um, the black church is dead. Anything that you see with a cross on top of it is dead. You go into a graveyard, you see a cross on top of a grave. And that's the same thing you find in a church. You go into a church, you see that cross on that steeple. Everything up in there is dead. 
because people are not, they're not exercising their brain power in order to think. Because anytime you work from a belief system, a belief means to say you're void of knowledge. Because if you're saying that in order, oh, well, you, if you believe in it, then everything is going to come true. No, no, it does not. I can believe that I can fly and I could get on on top of my balcony and just jump off and say, okay, I believe in it and, and, and see if I could fly. And I'm not going to fly. I'm going to splatter below in the concrete. Hello. So you've, we've got to operate from the realm of knowledge in this day and time where there's information. Because first of all, a lot of these churches, they always keep saying that there's a separation of church and state. And I keep telling people that there's no separation of a church and a state. You go into any of these churches, and what do you see sitting up on that altar? You see the United States flag that's on right. that altar. Thank you see you. it right up there on that altar. So that's right there telling you that there's no separation of a church and a state. The second thing is most of these um, churches, they have to file with the Secretary of they have to they acknowledge each secretary of state they file their charter with that secretary of state they file their form 990 with the i internal revenue service to show themselves as being a non-profit corporation they have to file that form that's on um, tax form 990 with the um the internal revenue service so you are not separated from the state you are not so, so, so right then and there, it tells that you have commingled yourself. You're involved with the state. And so a lot of these churches, they have gotten themselves so far in with this government, and especially right after the civil rights movement with Dr. King and all of the organizing that the black people have done, which came up predominantly out of the black church, that stuff has become so convoluted now where the pastor's information have been turned over to the federal government with Homeland Security and all these different alphabet agencies having access to your information. Not only that, but people having their cell phones and microphones and cameras and everything up in these churches. So a lot of people that don't want to say or do too much in these churches because you can be recorded, your information can be sent off to the federal government, and now all of a sudden you have the government knocking on your door because now you have been discovered. So black people have pretty much put, put ourselves in a very precarious position when it comes to these religious institutions. Because as you can see with, with the mosque, it's the same thing. Where are they doing all of these entrapments from these so-called Muslim terrorists? They're getting them out of the mosque. They're coming in the mosque there. They're sending their agents in there to come in there and entrap people, get you to say or do certain things, get it on tape. Now they have you. Now they have a case against you. Now they're going to drag you and throw you in prison. And it's the same thing with these churches. These, we have compromised ourselves to such a point with these religious entities that we're going to have to start from scratch. You're going to have to start all over again from scratch because you don't know who to trust anymore. You can't trust your pastor. Because a lot of these right. pastors, know they, uh, some of these them, they're agents. They're agents. Not only that, some of them are, are law enforcement. Because you have some pastors, they are they're either oh. the sheriff, deputy uh -huh. sheriff, they're police officers, or they have some kind of connection to the federal government where they have their regular jobs that they work for the government, and then on and then on their Wednesdays and Sundays and Fridays and Saturdays they run in their church. Uh huh. So you so like, you um, can feel comfortable. I think Hagen, he's a retired law enforcement officer, yeah, Ray Hagen yeah. in uh, Missouri. Well, he's, 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 he's still, yeah, he's still, he's still with them. He's a, um, yeah. he's, he's a psychologist that, um, that, that works with them. He is now retired. He still does, um, work with them. But it's not only okay. with him, but you, you know, there are lots of other pastors out here. They have a regular mm -hmm. day job where they work for the federal government. 
And they could be in there collecting information on you. So when you come up in there and you yeah. thinking that you're giving them information, like with the Black Panthers, you want to run a breakfast program or an after-school program to teach black history or whatever in their churches, you can't do that anymore. They don't want you to come up in there because now you're teaching them on, oh, you, you're being too radical. You're giving them all this information about themselves. But, but these white European Jews, you never got, they're not going to say that um, about themselves. They're going to talk their children, their history in their synagogue. But in the black church, you can't give your children any nope. kind of um, history right. about themselves without right. these people coming and saying, well, oh, well, you know, that sounds kind of racist to me. Because you're trying to give yourself, teach history about yourself. No, you, you, it's been turned on you that you're being a racist. But you want to hear white people saying that? Or you want to hear the Jews being turned on them, that they're being racist? They teach Hebrew, they do all of that stuff in their schools. They don't oh, get yeah. caught. told that, but there's something Sarah. our mentality. We, well, we have to change it. Sarah, Sarah, two things black people never had since slavery was abolished during Reconstruction, which was, which was the best time of our lives during Reconstruction, and short of post-Reconstruction and up to now. Two things we never had, two components. We never had political or legal protection. And being that we are a race of people that never had political nor legal protection, the, you had a president named Ulysses S. Grant who capitulated in not letting blacks be officially declared uh, citizens of this country with all of their rights of, as a full citizenship because white folks protested the idea that blacks were to be equal to them. And he capitulated and never signed it into law. So we are still defamed, you know, we're the only ethnic group that's defamed in the Constitution, saying that we are three-fifths. There's no concern from our Congressional Black Caucus, as, uh, Congress, as uh, prominent as, as they might sound, they will not even think about upsetting the apple cart, not only dealing with the three-fifths, but what are we going to do about a prison farm in Louisiana that during slavery was the biggest slave plantation, now it's the biggest prison farm, and it's named after an African nation, Angola prison farm, and how many pastors do we have in Louisiana? Mega churches, mega uh, black pastors, and they, they wouldn't dare. And listen, listen, Canty, in Alexandria, Alexandria, Virginia, Scotty sent this article to me, Alfred Street Baptist Church has what, I think, Sunday services, and they have so many people coming to the services that the pastor had to ask the congregation to pick one to come to. So it seems like there's so many people. I know Mother Hattie and I and a few others had a discussion about the decline of black churches and people attending churches, especially like uh, young people. But, I mean, my goodness, if this church four different services and he has to tell them look pick one to come to it's that many people trying to come so what is it that's still attracting people is so many people like us feel like they're not doing enough we, so, we, it's an oppressed it's oppression um you know um when you it. have an oppressed people like we are and you have a downturn in the economy people are going to go to whatever it is that's going to give them some kind of solace and a lot and for a lot for black people it's turned into a religion yeah, and they the have music. got to turn in, inward, yeah. in, 
it's not so much the music, but it's so much to go and somebody else is gonna gonna tell you that okay, don't matter what you're going through right now, there is something better coming up um after you when you leave out from here, you're gonna be um in a better place. So you know, go ahead and put up with it as much as you can. But by in the uh, by and by, when you get over to the other side, life is gonna be better for you. And yeah, well, I can see. When I said the know, music, we, I'm talking about black people love to be entertained. We're the most vulnerable for I, being I know that your church music is a draw. It's a draw to draw you in. But a lot of times, you know, because it's a release. It's a stress release for, for a lot of people to get up and sing and dance and shout. Uh-huh. And, you know, to, it's to get that stress. It's a stressor. It's to, it's to release the stress from you that you've been holding in for, for the whole week. But in the end, listening up there and having somebody preach from a Bible, you feel as if though this person is talking directly to you. They're connected with whatever it is that's going on in your life at this moment. Yeah. That's what people want because when you are an oppressed people like we are, you you want to grasp onto something to say that, okay, I, I went through all of this crap that I'm going through right now. There has got to be something better than this once, you know, once I leave out from this body. It, there's got to be something. So that's what you're holding on to with that open of prayer. And that's why a lot of people, they cling and they go to these church because that's what they are looking for. They're looking for something to give some meaning to their life to let them know, okay, I, I can't just put in all of this dog on time and then this is it. You know, I don't have yeah. nothing else to look for uh, after this. And, and that's what black people are. Oh, that's what you're doing with a lot of people. They're going to this church is to give them that relief. And I can't, I can't, you can't pull that away from somebody. If that's what the, if that is what it would take to give them a grasp on their sanity and make them hold on a bit stronger to move on to the next day, then let them have it. Let them have it because for, for me, I don't care. You know, for me, it doesn't matter to me. I, I cut religion cold turkey just like that. But for some people, they just need to um, they need to and especially old, an older person, a child. If you start off a child younger, it's easy to wean them up. But when you get somebody up past the age of thirty and they've been in this church all of their life, and this is all that they know, it's, it's, it's a very hard transition to them to just snatch that away from them. Yeah. The Pew survey found that 18% of African Americans describe their religious affiliation as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. In 2007, that percentage was 12. So from 12% in 2007 up to 18%. Now, African Americans, mm-hmm. and I tell you, I see more. But we're the most religious. You know, yeah, yes. We we don't demand anything from the pastors and deal with our issues with that poor housing. The look, I told you earlier. There's an apartment in this condo in my neighborhood that's going for six thousand dollars a month. This is what's going on, and they're forcing black people out of the community because see, these landlords, that is scrupulous landlords, they will come, they will now jack up the rent as soon as they can get uh, a, a way to get you out of that apartment. They don't care how they do it. They've, they've been cutting off the heat now. The heat, the lack of heat this past winter. What? Was crazy. Yep. Crazy. They would cut the heat off, cut the water off. Yes, and uh, flood the basement, flood the floor, have a pipe burst. So they have a, they could be vandalism. Um, mm-hmm. They will tap an apartment. They're going to play it on fire, too. And uh, release rats in your building. They, they will find these rats and put them in your building. Are you and you know what it is? To get you out. 
and the idea that they have no shame, there's no man of doing time for abusing his uh, owner of a building. Um, and the idea that uh, you have a mayor that is weak, incompetent, and inept, that will um, talk the talk, but he's not walking on the walk. So, and see, we don't hold our pastors accountable for the issues affecting our people's everyday life. So what he does on any, on any given Sunday, the average pastor is going to give you entertainment. And J. Edgar Hoover, before he died, he went to hell. He even said, he prescribed for black people alone. He said, let's talk and more entertainment. So on Sunday, making all that noise on Sunday, and I said the preacher making all that noise, I always get very suspect now of a pastor who's getting very emotional in his sermon because when it comes to the political dealings with these uh, corrupt racist politicians and as Uncle Tom and my politicians, these pastors become mute, deaf, well, yeah. and dumb, and they have well, no problems. Well, it's to be expected of, Kenzie, because you have pastors who are also politicians. That has been the trend. The majority of these people that we, black people that we have served in Congress, on the white, on the white side of the, of the draft board, the majority of these white um, congressional representatives, as well as the senators, they're the majority of them, they are lawyers. They're business owners. They're either lawyers, yeah. they're, um, they're accountants, or they, they're, um, they have some kind, they're coming from a business background. But yes. with us, they are coming from a background where they are, they are pastors. Because you can look at like Emmanuel Cleaver um, out from Missouri. He's a, he's a pastor part-time. Then you have James Clyborne. He's also a pastor. You go to well, um, Elijah Cummings. All of them. You go down the list with all of these black representatives that you have serving in office. They all have some religious affiliation. So, so once again, you see that there's no separation of the church and state because you got Calvin wow. Butt right there out there Please. in New York. Was a, he, he was a politician and a pastor. The same sure. doggone thing going because y'all right there in New York, y'all running real heavy with politicians <laughs> who are also pastors presiding over pastors. So that's what's running in the black community from the local to the national level. That's what we have. We but have. You also, can't, you cannot also avoid the fact that a lot of these pastors are members of the boule. That means your fraternal orders and for some well, sisters who they're in the they're in the sororities. Uh, well, well, okay. well for, if they, even if they're in the sorority or they're masons or whatever, you know, Shriner or whatever it is that they are, they don't command any sort of power. Um, you know, the power that they have is the power yeah. over the black community within which to dictate to people who will allow yourself to be dictated to. Because yeah, they don't have any power in the white community. They they don't command uh -uh. anything in the white community because these white yeah. people who are um who are masons and shriners and all of that um on the white side they can walk up into a, into a black lodge and they can sit down there and listen to all of your meetings and everything but you cannot go into a white um lodge as a black person if you say you are a mason and give the secret knock or the secret handshake they're gonna let you come up in there and listen to their um into into their session you're not gonna be uh, no. allowed in. You no, know, because see, they don't want you in there all white uh, fraternal order, uh, uh, Masonic order, because their rituals is taken from ancient Egypt alone. It's not only and that, but you know, but but they know that what they're doing in their canty, all of these organizations is white supremacy. Their everything is based on 
How yes. are we going to continue to keep black people in a position, in a downward oh. position? So therefore, why the hell am I going to let you Negroes come up in here and sit through my session? I could come into your session because I want to see what you're planning on doing. If you're planning on going up against white supremacy, so I'm going to sit in on it. But I'm not going to let you come in and see that well, this is what we got planned. This is a genocide or this is what we got planned or some vaccine or bad food or, or, or some spray chemical that we plan on doing to y'all. They're going to let you come up in there and to hear, to hear that. No. Right. You see, right. We are we are considered the number one arch nemesis. They black people can't get it through their thick skulls that we are hated for one reason only. We survived slavery, and no matter what they have come up to uh, as a scheme to get rid of us, we still are survivors. Bob Barley said it all. We're survivors. No, and that's not it. Us. That's not it, Candy. They don't. It's not. It's not that they um they. White people hate us because they are not us. That's what they hate. And when I say Thank they want you. us, they are not us. That's why they hate us. Because Thank when you. they look at us and they see, you know, that we can survive on this planet without yes. needing you no know, sunscreen. We're not vampires. They are vampires. Right. They can't take sunlight. We can exist right. on this planet without yeah. get, without going into the sun. We don't have to get sunlight. We can still maintain our our tone, our fertility. The sun gives us our energy. Exactly, and not only that. The biggest prize for them is they won the African continent. That's the biggest prize because that is oh, the yes. most resource-rich environment. That is why, like, all of a sudden now that they're coming up with this nonsense about, oh, we're all humans, we all, oh, it don't yes. matter what your skin look like underneath, we are uh -huh. from the same family, everybody came out of Africa. No, 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 everybody come out of Africa. We all ain't come from no doggone Africa. I don't know where the hell y'all came from, and unless y'all was a recent invention that somebody, um, you know, y'all crossbreed with some rape, some black woman, mm -hmm. a couple of generations ago, and that's how we could know that, okay, well, you got some connection to blackness. I saw, I don't know where the hell y'all from. Y'all ain't from Africa. And I, it pisses me off when I hear black people get on the ridge and they always say, well, everybody came out of Africa. How the hell do you know that? Were you back there to know who the who came out of Africa? Well, they said all I don't all know where the Chinese came from. We know civilization is different than humanity. We know civilization started in Africa, but aside from that, right. you don't know where the hell these people came from because they appear here within the past 10,000 years is when they got here. So we don't know where they come from. We well, don't know, it? and frankly, I don't give a damn. I wish they would go to hell back where they came from. <laughs> but I know that they ain't, they ain't descended from no Africa. They are not African. Oh. They went to Europe and lost their doggone skin color. Y'all need to stop that foolishness. Well, that is very doctor. unscientific. Dr. John Henry Clark Say that, Say that. and uh, uh, P P Professor Amos Wilson, they all said that all mankind began in Africa. You said the right word. You said mankind. They are yeah. a man that kind of looks like, like a man. We are yeah. a mm -hmm. man. There's a difference between man and a mankind. Thank you. Kind of Thank a you. Man. Yes, 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 yes. They are, a, mm -hmm. they are the mankind. We are not That's what they always mankind.
they, they walk like uh-huh. animals. They walk like primates. Yep. You don't see <laughs> black people walking like that. You look at all these black people on the African continent. We are flat-footed people. White people have these clothing hooves. They look like the doggone devil they write about in their Bible with clothing, with clothing hooves. They got these and their eyes are like animals. They, they, yes. and, and they act animalistic. They eat yes. raw meat with blood and all this kind of stuff. No other right. people eat raw, raw hair, eating, eating food, eating meat with blood pouring out from it. And I keep, right. these are not our people. Y'all need to stop it saying that y'all give birth. Because if y'all are saying that y'all give birth to these dysfunctional children that are turning around and killing their parents, who you are claiming to be, then something is wrong with you. That you're going to claim ownership of these doggone um, animals. They're, they're not from us. They are not Amen. from Amen. us. Ingrown, ingrown self-hatred. I got a hand to the white man. He did a masterful job in destroying our people's brains. But listen, y'all, I got to go. My bear is dying. We're talking again. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay, Brother Cancer. Good night. Right. And, and, and what, what, thank you, Brother Cancer. And what you just uh, laid, laid down, Sarah, I think that's a great closing point right here because that is something that people really, really, really need to think about because uh, these people, uh-uh, they don't have the soul, the caring that we have. How could you They're give Urugu. compassion? Compassion. compassion. They don't have the melanin. They, you don't have melanin. Mar- as, as Dr. Marimba Ani wrote in her book, Urugu, these Urugu. people are soul. They're, they're, they're soulless beings walking around. They are Urugu. They are, they are missing they are missing elements from themselves. They they don't they don't have it because they can fake it. They can um and, and the thing is that gets with a lot of people is white people crying. They're good actors because they are yeah. on deception. When they know yeah. that they when they know that they don't, can't get their way, they're quick to bust into tears and start crying and start you know doing all their theatrics. And a lot of people. The black people in particular, when white people start crying, especially white women, black people lose their minds. And I see it all the time with a lot of black women that this white woman could be cussing you from left and right. And all of a sudden, she just starts busting out into tears. And you just start feeling sorry. Well, well, okay, well, you know, you don't need to feel so bad about it. And, you know, it's going to be okay. But this woman's right. cussing you out. Uh-huh, and that's yeah. how they get uh-huh. out of doing things. That's how they get out of things is they turn on the fake tears to throw you yep. off your game. Yes. And, I'm, and I'm so in tune to it that they don't face me. You know, when they start crying and asking the daggone food, I just stand there and I just watch them. I just watch them like, like I, I just look at them. And you can see it dries up just like that. And they cut it off because yeah. they see, okay, I can't get to her. So they cut it off yeah. and, they, and they get back to their terroristic and, way of and they get right back call you all kinds of, yeah, call all kinds of niggas and bitches or whatever else because <laughs> your tears don't work on you. Uh, you know Hillary Clinton. Remember Hillary Clinton did that when she was losing in the primary. She mm-hmm. sure did. Oh, she yep. she, she did. got up there. Yeah. She started with they crying. They were saying she looked too yep. hard or, or some old stuff. And she got up there and tried to fake a little cry and all of that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Oh Lord, yeah. have mercy. You white know, women. That's what so. white women do. They they, yeah. they play the crying game and, and it throws us off because a lot of us. We we have this, um, as people like to say, we have this humanistic tendency of feeling sorry for everybody except ourselves. And yeah, we are yeah, so tied to white people and we're looking for their approval. The minute they turn on the tears and they start yeah. acting crazy, we forget our troubles and we run to them 
to go and yeah. aid them. And, and we've got to learn to separate ourselves from these people yeah. and watch them when they perform their act. And if you, I, I keep telling people, I said, watch if you do not respond in a sympathetic way when they're going to, when they start flipping out, they're gonna they're gonna dry that crap up in a minute, and they're gonna turn uh, terroristic uh-huh. or even more. They're gonna go off because yeah. something is something is wrong. That's what I keep saying that these people are not us, and they've been pushing this for the past hundred years, trying to tell black people that we all come out of Africa. We all Africans. Yeah. We all come. We all came out of Africa. No, you not because that is a way for them to get back into the continent and take it over. They're going to kill you and take you on. They've taken everything out of us. They've taken our history. They've turned everything and said, okay, well, you know what? White people, the Egyptians were white people. They've already done work on that part. So now all they have Uh to do is work on the other part and say, okay, well, we are from Africa. So therefore, we need to be all, we we need to be over here in the African continent. And black people are going to give it up. You're going to give it up because you want to be approved by white people so bad. You're going to give up the last doggone thing that you have as your inheritance. Are you gonna give it up to these damn people, thinking that you gonna get their damn approval? Yeah. But no, they're not. They're not from us. I don't know where they come from. Maybe they. Maybe they are from outer space. Maybe they are the damn aliens they always talking about, and they always so fixated because they always doing these alien movies. Maybe they're talking about themselves. Oh, they yeah. probably came from some place. They are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, you know, but... and Scotty need to beam them back up. That's where they need to go. <laughs> they need to go. <laughs> It's time for them to slide on to the next phase. Beam them up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for calling. We're going to go ahead on and close out tonight. Because yes, ma'am. That was good. I love it. I love thank it. Thank you, Sarah, Sarah for coming in. Down. Yes, ladies. You too. Um, uh, nice to meet you again, uh, both of you. Okay. All right. All right. We'll be back on... Wednesday with our Women's Wednesday. And so we'll be back with Mother Hattie, Delta, Aja, and maybe even King B will join us. And Sarah, if you're able, tune in on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. to our Women's Wednesday. And we're just going to take a few moments and just breathe on out of here. Count us down a little breathing, Aja, as we get on the music to come in and close us out. Give us a little breathing countdown. Okay. Relax your shoulders, relax your forehead, relax your tongue, your throat. Take a deep breath, breathe in from your stomach. Breathe in, one, two, three, four. Hold it, release, exhale, one, two, three, four. Your stomach is flat. Breathe again. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Shake it out. Shake it out. All right. The most important book in the world is the one that's inside of you. Read it daily. Yeah. I'm gonna stay.